0: Jeff, thank you for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate having you. Um, yeah. I was—I uh, actually started telling Feydon about how I met you. I mean, obviously, we met in the industry. Um, your firm is, to date, one of the very few companies that signed up with us and then cut their ties with us. But <laughs> you and I, fortunately, maintained our relationship. Which I actually make a point in saying that because. Um, it's okay, I think, in, in, in work, in business, if, if you have um, adventures that don't work out, it doesn't matter because um, there's always some good that could come up if you learn lessons. And in this case, not only did we learn lessons, but I was able to maintain this uh, friendship with you, which which has been great, and I appreciate you coming on. What always drew me and wanted I, I wanted to have the relationship and I wanted to maintain our friendship about you was that, I've come across a lot of successful people in this industry, but what really struck um, with you was that you just, as an individual, you always came off very well-adjusted, very uh, secure, um, but also just fun, man. Like, I mean, in our industry, and you know it too, like there's way too many people that take themselves way too seriously, there's enormous egos. It's hard to connect to people. Almost some of them don't even act like human beings, you know, just the way they interact and they eat and they talk. And then you come across someone like you who's, who's enormously successful, but who cares? You're just, a, you're a human being and you're cool to talk to. I remember when we, um, and this goes back a long time ago, I think you and I met one, more than 10 years ago or, or close to it. Um, the Christmas gift you were sending out to all your clients was this really cool book that was, you know, like boys and, and, and tricks that they can use. And it was like a really cool book that um, you could read through and it taught you how to build like bows and arrows and survive <laughs> in the woods, which is so cool, man, because in our industry, everyone's like, oh, which wine club do you belong to? <laughs> like, come on, man, relax, you know? And then you there you are sending this super cool book. So, that always stuck with me that you can be successful, but you know, you can also be real humble, real cool, enjoy the little things in life. You don't, you know, so I'd love to hear about, about you, man, today. Just, just hear about how you got started. Uh, what, what, you know, brought you into the industry, what <laughs> your journey was. Just love to hear more about you, Jeff.
1: Sure. Thanks. I think, you know, my journey has been, uh, A little bit different than most coming into the investment industry um i uh, i think i got a lot of my inspiration from my dad he was a a a businessman and when i graduated from university i wasn't really sure what i wanted to do and what i where i wanted to go i had some friends of mine that were uh, another buddy of mine who graduated from school um, he was like look we're gonna we're building up this contracting company you know and we're doing business all over manitoba saskatchewan northwest ontario and it was like you know you come out of university and you can just pull the the, you know your pockets inside out basically there's (laughs) no money's gonna fall out of your pockets on on graduation day i know the feeling
0: (laughs) yeah
1: yeah yeah, we all do and uh so it was an opportunity to kind of um, pursue, you know, a business opportunity. And so over the course of the next two to three years, we, we built this business to include a small window manufacturing plant. We were doing business. We had, you know, probably 20, 25 employees. And uh, I, I got to the point where I was like, this is great, but this isn't what I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I had an opportunity to um, interview with the guy at Canada Trust uh, in the investment business. And um, despite the fact that my hair was long, he still hired me. (laughs) (laughs) It was the first thing he said to me when I walked into the interview. He goes, you need a haircut.
0: So uh,
1: I got the job and I got the haircut. And nice. um, and so that was my you know foray into the investment business. Um, I um, also wanted to live, uh, take a little bit of an adventure, and move outside of living in Winnipeg. And I I ended up in Vancouver here working for uh, a you know a midsize independent firm that had a really good reputation in town here. Was called MK Wong and Associates. And I worked there for um, about four and a half years. Um, And during that period, we'd been bought by HSBC. And so here I was again, having worked at Canada Trust, going to work at a small, mid sized, independently owned firm where you can actually make an impact and have influence on. The, you know the results and the growth of the firm back to working for this you know behemoth international organization sure. and so um, fortunately for me two of the guys I worked with had the same sort of attitude that I did that they didn't want to work for a big uh, firm and wanted to have a small independent firm and so in uh, late 1997 um vertex one asset management was born and um, right from the beginning you know the ideology was to try and keep things as simple as possible it's a very sophisticated business it can be very complicated um, and so wherever you can look for areas to simplify it um was sort of a cornerstone of the of you know my philosophy on terms of how to build the business right um certainly it gets more complicated the more people you add so it, it brings us to culture right which is really important in any kind of work environment absolutely and yeah and i think you know the key to um to culture is you want to be able to hire people that are and it's tough to evaluate but are independent and will take ownership of the uh, their responsibilities and their. I mean obviously they have career aspirations but you know we hired one girl who she just wanted to be the best administrator in the business really? right she didn't want to be She didn't want to be an executive. She didn't want to be a supervisor. She just wanted to be the best administrator. And um, just an absolute joy to work with someone who loved their
0: work, right? You know, it's funny because you keep keep going to that. I, I love that you keep saying, like, you were earlier on, you were saying you didn't love what you do and that's why you wanted to switch. And now you're talking about someone who, you know, you hired that they love what they do. So uh, I, I I hate that I interrupted you, but uh, it, it's it's cool that it's. I wanted to ask you about that, and then you kept coming to it. So I thought I'd ask you to just highlight that. How much do you think? How important do you think that is?
1: Yeah, well, I think you know it goes back for me. It goes back to my background to sports, mm. and um, you know my daughter. Um, we go to her soccer game on Sunday and um after the game she comes up to me and i told her how well she played and she goes she says don't criticize my soccer gets in the car gets in the back seat and doesn't want to talk to me all the way home because she lost (laughs) right and she's normally not not like that when she loses but this one you know it it upset her and it's about you know sports is about winning and I know in today's environment, everybody <laughs> wants to hand out a participation badge, but yes, that's that's not setting you up very well for life, no, no. right?
0: No. And, so, and the kids are keeping score.
1: And the kids are keeping score. And another daughter of mine, when she was six years old, the very first soccer game she ever played, the other team scored within the first five minutes of the game, scored about three goals against them. And she... Pulled the kids together and and rallied them and said, "Come on, we can go get these guys." Like at six years old, it was important. I didn't teach her that. <laughs> it's it's natural for kids to want to win, and so I think you know I played a lot of competitive sports growing up. I played um, football right up until the university level, and I think you know the idea in football is you're, you know, you're always got to move ahead and <laughs> move down the field and it comes from winning. And it's the same, it's the same in business, right? And I think you find a lot of successful people in, in business who have successful careers in sport because sport teaches you about winning. It teaches you about um, especially football uh, you know, I played basketball. I played hockey. Um, Football is one of a, the true real team sports where, you know, you may have superstars on the field with you, but you need every guy doing his job in order for the team to advance and to be successful.
0: So, you you were talking about when you were being interviewed, you had long hair, <laughs> but you were given a chance anyways. Um, you know, I, I find that I've always been somewhat unorthodox in, in people that I hire because I I don't care so much about their school. I don't care so much about their, you know, experience. What I do care about is their attitude and going back to what you were saying, wanting to be independent and also the culture that you have at your company. I'm wanting to preserve that by bringing in the right people who fit into that culture. So did you ever find out why you were given that opportunity, even though you needed the haircut, but what was it that he saw in you? And then what is it that you look for in people that you hire? Excuse me. Um, Yeah, that that was an interesting one
1: because I think I met the, I met all the other criteria that the guy was looking for in terms of, you know, I had a university education I had a, a sales background. I had, um, uh, you know, I just came from. I had the sports background. I had the list of accomplishments, and so I think he was, you know, he was willing to overlook the <laughs> the hair aspect, you know. And it's like, you know, and I've learned from through life not to be. Um, you know, again, it's people can be very quick to judge on appearance, right? And um, it was funny, I remember moving to Vancouver and having that conversation with my brother at the time, he had his hair really long. I was like, dude, you know, it uh, it does affect what people think about you, you know, and he was, um. You know, he was like, "Well, it doesn't matter. I don't want them judging me like that, right? They have to get to know me, right? And there's there's some truth in that. But there's also the fact that people do judge you on your appearance, right? Sure. When I say I had long hair, it, it wasn't like really long hair, like uh, you know, it was just longer than the short business cut that I think the guy was used to, right?
0: You know? No, but that's a real good point you raise, and it's something that I've talked about as well in that bottom line is when you don't know people you're gonna have to go by what you see initially speaking until you get to know them and you know there's like as soon as we started this business i always wore the suits and the ties just because i thought look maybe wearing a suit and a tie doesn't make me a professional but looking sloppy is definitely not going to help my case (laughs) so that's right you know, like, give give yourself what little advantage you can. You know, if you want to go for a job, looking sloppy and thinking, well, they should see past this and they should see the diamond within. <laughs> yeah, true. But, you know, it doesn't help if you go in and you're looking sloppy and you don't look like you take a great deal of yourself. You take good care of yourself. And, um, and I think that's an important point you're making. Um, yeah, a- but- absolutely. Because... It's such a
1: competitive um, situation when you're out there looking for careers that look in your best. It isn't going to hurt you, right? right? It's only, And the other guys are going to be looking their best. So you've got to be competitive, right?
0: Right. Exactly. Give yourself what advantages mm. you can have. Yeah. Now, I'd, I'd love to hear about any, the story was great. That was a good, good overview. But I'd love to hear about some of the crappy parts, man. Some of the parts <laughs> that really sucked, that you had to dig deep or, uh, you know, cause, and, and I want to put that aside and, 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 and I, I don't mean to ask to pry or get into a you know, private conversation that you may not be comfortable sharing, but one of the aspects to running a business is that, you know, you come in and like you said, it's competition, game time, you got to perform. And it's all good and well and we all learn to do that and the longer you do it the better you get at it but one thing that people don't realize sometimes is that while you come in and you're ready to compete you also have a whole other set of life your private life and like everyone has challenges in their private lives whether it's with their you know parents or kids or wives or whatever you know husbands whatever the case may be And it doesn't matter what's going on. You have to come in and you have to perform. You're expected to compete every day and you have to have your game face on every day. So A, love to hear about some of the challenges you faced and how you dealt with them, but also any tips on how you're able to get yourself in the right frame of mind so that even though you're you're facing a challenge outside, you come in, you're able to get yourself in gear and just perform.
1: Yeah, that's, geez, that's a really good um, question, Ali, because there's certain, you know, my mind is now racing with <laughs> all the things, the challenges that I've faced. Um, and, and so many people on the surface, you know, you look at people and you think, you know, I guess for me, you know, I've got these uh, four lovely daughters that are awesome. And, um, you know, for many years had the sort of you know, the perfect picture of the beautiful wife and the house and, uh, the family and the kids. Right. And, um, you know, a, a number of years ago, my wife made the decision, you know, uh, not to be part of that anymore. Uh, didn't want to be part of her children's lives and didn't want to be part of my life. And so it, it, that's a real big challenge every day getting up and, I think, you know, one of the things that I had to do was lead by example for my kids as well, right? That you carry on. And um, and, and I think, you know, it's just the fortitude. I, I don't know that I, I give most of the credit to my parents <laughs> right. in, in, in the way I was brought up and and just my belief system. But I do believe that You know, you recognize that you have to take care of 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 yourself, and you have to take care of business in order to take care of other people, right? And I think these challenges—they come. It's just sometimes it's a big curve in the road. Sometimes it's a smaller curve in the road. But if you're driving through the mountains and you come to a curve in the road, you got to steer around the corner, right? you start to get shifted in your seat and you get moved around and get a little uncomfortable, but, um, you, you have to have the belief that you're going to get yourself back on that straight road again. And I think looking ahead, instead of looking in the rearview mirror, <laughs> you all everybody looks in the back, looks at history, looks at where you're coming from, looks at the things, but, you kind of got to focus on what's ahead and how do you create an environment. And you have to lean on people, right? If there's people that can help you, right. you need to ask for help, right? Every right. people love to help people, right? Especially friends, families. You know, uh, I tell my daughter, my youngest daughter, all the time. It's like she goes, oh, "I don't want any help. I can do it myself." I say, right. well, Everybody
0: gets help, you know. You need a little help with something. It's not a bad thing, man. man. Dude, that is so cool that you you're saying that. <laughs> no, you know what? Because I'll tell you this, man. Um, you know, you you're obviously you're you know you're well put together. You're obviously successful, and it might be easy for like you were saying before. People make assumptions. It's easy for someone to take a look at you and be like. Like, what does this guy know about challenges? You know, he's got everything. But they don't know what, you know, trouble you've gone through, what challenges you've faced. Or people might look at you and say, well, you know, Jeff would never ask for help. But that humility to ask for help is so important. And, like, for someone like you who's, you know, I hate to use this term, but fuck it, I'll use it. You're Like, you come off as such an alpha male and then, for you to be humble enough to say, you know what, man, you got to ask for help, have the humility to ask for help. That is so big, man. I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you having the humility to say that.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of people, uh, like I watch my youngest daughter struggle with that. Right. And in, in, in asking for help, she doesn't want to ask her teachers for help. And I'm like, you know, trying to get her to understand that that's what people are there for.
0: Absolutely. And
1: um, it's, uh, it makes it a lot easier when you share with, with your friends and support people, you know, the things you're dealing with. Um, you know, there's certain things you might want to deal with yourself, certainly, and if you feel you can get through it and uh, uh, carry on, that's great, right? I'm sure without anything sort of coming to mind, I know that I've done that in the past as well. Yeah, right? of There's course. certain things, yeah, I just, you know, keep them to myself and deal with them and move on and then, but uh, uh, the world's a big place and uh, it's a hard place to live and, you know, um, like I say, there's always lots of people that want to help.
0: I agree with that and what I find interesting is that a lot of times people think the challenges they're facing are so unique or they're embarrassed to talk <laughs> about it. And the reality is they're not like there's so many things that I face and I've had people around me face. And then they, we end up talking about it and you're like, Oh shit, that's not even nearly as unique as I thought. And there's going to be a bunch of people who can identify with you to varying degrees, of course. But like you said, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I was having a conversation with this, one of the university kids that I've been in touch with and he was so embarrassed to tell me about this one challenge he's facing and he just couldn't and it took him like 30 minutes and he finally said it and I was like, dude like welcome to the club like every one of us chill, well, you know? it, it's worse today
1: with, with social media right right because Instagram is all about look at me look at and everybody's posting the perfect life on there right highlight. Right? Yeah and 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 it's like wow look at that person they they've got it all they don't have any problems right they're living right. the life and right. so then people who see that think oh i've got to aspire to be have that kind of life i don't have i don't want to be seen as having problems etc right? right so i think it's even harder today for um, kids to come to that conclusion that they can ask for help
0: your problems are not
1: so unique right
0: you're 100% right. I'm oh, sorry. One, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Well, one of the things you were saying is you were saying you need to take care of yourself in order to be able to take care of others. And that's something that I've talked about quite a bit and I think is important. And there's so much embedded in that. Um, a you have to respect yourself enough to take care of yourself like you would anybody around you, but also how are you expected to take care of anyone around you or be good to society if you're not taking care of yourself. So um, sometimes I find that people feel selfish in saying, oh, I need to do something for myself. And certainly there are things you could do for yourself that are over the top that, you know, <laughs> may be considered selfish. But to take care of yourself on a basic level of your health, your nutrition, your sleep, you know, uh, your, your social uh, circle um, is critical. So I'd love to hear a bit more about, you know, the things that you do to keep yourself strong, to keep yourself fit, to keep yourself mentally uh, able to deal with the challenges that come to your day to day. Yeah, I think, you know, I find
1: with, uh, you know, I've always uh, – you know since i was a, a young teenager uh you know i started lifting weights to play football and i've always worked out and 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 working out and in, in itself is it is always you know i still have that as part of a regular routine but I'm staying active involved so i you know i i like to play tennis i like to i play hockey a couple times a week i do a kickboxing class i only started doing that like two years ago right right? so at the age of 58 i started kickboxing right and um you know it's you got to be doing things that are um where you're using your whole body right and it's much more fun to do things where you know riding um you know the biggest craze i guess these days is you know road biking right that's a i don't particularly do that but i got a lot of friends and people that i know that are big into the road biking it's very social Mm -hmm. because you know you go on your big rides and you socialize with everybody so it's uh uh, it's a great way to um you know get in shape and to um keep active but you you got to do things that are interactive Mm -hmm. and i still like playing sports for sure
0: that's that's uh, definitely a um, that that's definitely something I'm an advocate of. And the older I've gotten, the more I've realized the nutrition and the sleep also go a long way. Um, but what about mentally? Do you have a group of people that you talk to that you keep close? You know, close group of friends. Or um, I've always been hesitant in you know a formal mentorship program because I feel like you don't have to label it, just talk to someone that you come across and you feel like you can talk to, just talk to them. But do you have anything like that, that you rely on?
1: Um, I think I, well, I do because I've got some pretty close buddies that, uh, you know, some of them have been through some of the same challenges that I have. And, you know, I'm just lucky that, you know, these guys own businesses. they, uh, had marriages that didn't work, and so you have, you can certainly get strength from that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you're willing to share with them. Sure. And uh, I think you know when they're good friends, you know, you're not concerned about your friendship being at risk. And
0: right.
1: Uh, the formal mentorship, it's, uh, you know, I've done a bit of that, like on both ends. I've you know been a mentor and. Had a mentor and things like that. I think, you know, at different times they fill a certain need, and I think um, there's no hard and fast rule in which way to do it. You know, at certain times, if you're trying to deal with certain business issues, you find someone that can specialize in an area where you think you have issues, um, you know, that can really be helpful. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you just need to be open minded and willing to engage people and see what works best for you right i just don't think there's one specific way to do it in terms of how you relate with people on a mentorship
0: level that that makes sense i I get that um i'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on anyone alive or historical that you've looked up to that, that uh, any specific quotes that stand out words to live by, things like that. And I'm going to oh, follow that's... that up and I'm going to follow that up with another cliched question, but uh, it's a brain. Okay.
1: Well, let's start with that one. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a few people for sure. I, I think, um, you know, I'd have to put at the top of the list, my dad, right? He um, both my parents, um, led by example. Right. And one of the things my dad taught me as a small child was, and it's, it stuck with me was, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. Oh my God. It's uh-huh. such a, yeah, it's such a simple element and it, it just, you know, it, it's really a guiding principle. Right. And if you're ever, uh, feeling emotional in a situation it's um you know if that's kind of at your core even in a stressful situation you know how would you want to be treated in that situation right and you know ali you talked about our situation and our business arrangement and um you know the fact that despite both our efforts to get that square peg into the round hole um it wasn't going to go and um you know, we had a contract and we came to an agreement and, um, and we were able to, you know, I think we treated each other the way we would have wanted to be treated, right? 100 Yeah, and, and that's why our friendship has continued on, right? And, and I value our friendship. Likewise. Yeah.
0: I, yeah. I was actually just going to use that as an example because your contract was the first one that we, we ever had to sort of sever. And you were so cool through that process. You were such a gentleman about it. You were never yelling and screaming and angry and you were just so cool. And, 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 and it actually was terrible because since you, I've had to deal with so many hassles and it's always like, well, why couldn't be like Jeff? It's been like, it's all downhill from there. But the truth is I learned a real valuable lesson from you. I really did. I learned that, hey man, even if things don't work out, you can be an absolute gentleman through it. And it's probably going to be way better because the other side's not going to be combative. They're going to be cooperative. And you're probably going to get way more of your way than if you go the other path.
1: Yeah, so I, I think, you know, that was something that I've tried to impart on my children. But that was something that was handed down to me, um, you know, by my dad. Um, There was another gentleman that I met when I moved to Vancouver. uh, And he was uh, a very prominent Vancouver citizen. And he and I just happened to be in the same office area. You know, we just started talking and became friends and started going for lunch. And um, he ultimately was one of the guys that helped us start Vertex and supported us. And um his um view to you know and he was you know always dressed in a jacket and a tie and very proper that way, but he was he was willing to um have a very open mind to people, right? And willing to listen and not to be judgmental. And because I watched how he operated, it had an influence on me for sure right and um, and so you know he, he just led by example I think more than anything he particularly said right and um, uh, I you know I've had a number of um, you know influenced like I say through sports right I think back to some of my football days right where <laughs> You know, um, some of the stuff was kind of like dressing room talk for sure, but um, just guys that were able to um, set the foundation for hard work and success. And uh, I'm sort of drawing a blank on some of the things that, you know, as you were sort of asking about, like sayings and things like that.
0: That's okay. I mean, I d- Treat others as you want to be treated. I think that you don't get a whole lot better than that as far as uh, social interactions concerned. But, uh, and then I mean, if, it, if while I'm talking, if something comes to you, just jump in, Jeff. Yeah, sure. But sure. the second cliched question I was going to ask you um, we, we named this podcast Life's Golden Nuggets, and in part, <laughs> it's because i i come off as a real serious guy most of the time and i didn't want to come up with some douchey title like lessons learned in war or some garbage like that i wanted to keep it cool and keep it relaxed and so but but it's true because as you go through life you you pick up these little golden nuggets these little lessons that you learn um words you live by characteristics you'd like to have um but I'd love to get some of your principles, some of the golden nuggets, if you will, (laughs) um, that you've collected along the way, and uh, some of the things that you think are critical to have in your personality, your character, your day-to-day, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, well, I think you know, integrity is a is a very important thing, and integrity means different things to different people right, right. but for, you know my biggest interpretation of that is you know say what you mean and mean what you say and and <clears throat> when you say something um it has to be truthful right and it and you have to believe in it and you have to if you say you're going to do something you've got to be able to do it right and you want people to rely on you you want to build trust with people and it doesn't matter what business you're in right. you want people to trust you right? right and so you need to be able to it's the same with raising kids you, you you want your kids to be able to trust you so if you say something to them you've got to be able to stand by it and live by it. you can't say you know no cell phones at the dinner table and then sit at the dinner table and talk on the phone right you can't do that right, right. And so I'm I'm simplifying that, but I, I think as a basic, it's it it really forms a foundation for how you deal with people. And um and and I think you know, alluding to one of your comments earlier about don't take yourself so seriously, right? Like there's nothing wrong with being serious and dealing with issues and being professional, but you know. Everybody's replaceable, and too many people think they're not replaceable, right? And it's you have to remember um, what's the real reason that you're there, right? And um, I think too many people get caught up in their belief system of what other people are thinking and not really staying true to their own mission statement. Right really? and, and, and so, uh, you know, that's, those are some of the key things I, you know, I think are important for building a good foundation and, you know, interaction with people, how you treat people. I mean, we've talked about that a little bit already, but, you know, in both situations, in easy situations and in tough situations. And probably far more so how you treat people in tough situations is how you're going to be knowing.
0: Right.
1: right? <laughs> and, and that's where you need to, you know, sometimes do the opposite of what you're actually thinking. Right. Or feeling. Right. And, and, um, you know, it, it's a simple thing uh, when you're driving in traffic and, Somebody cuts you off and you're like, oh, I just want to ram it, but you don't do it, right? You have to, so you have to, um, uh, in in situations, think about doing the opposite to what you're feeling sometimes, right? Right. And you'll find that when you do that, you know, there's a great Seinfeld episode about that, right? George. Yes. George did. George did everything the opposite. the and his life yeah. and his life went be- blissfully along, yeah. right? When yeah. he was doing the opposite yeah. of everything,
0: right? Yeah. Jeff, you are an absolute beauty, man. I I have <laughs> always been a huge fan. I can't thank you enough for doing this with us. Thank you very much. Um, to us, it means a great deal. And everything you said makes so much sense. And, and your summary with integrity was very eloquent. And even though you, you said, you know, you're simplifying it, I think you really said it well. And within that integrity, you touched on, you know, trust and honesty. And, and, and I think it encompassed a lot of very positive, important messages. Um, I really appreciate You've always set a great example for me. I've always appreciated the friendship. Can't thank you enough for doing this, and uh, I, I really hope that uh, that we didn't waste too much of your time. But uh, no, 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 no.
1: Very happy to do it, Ali. Thank
0: Anytime. you very much, Jeff. Really thank appreciate you very much, it,
1: And uh, hopefully, we can do it uh, in one room together sometime with a big cheeseburger on the plate. <laughs>
0: That would be amazing, man. I mean, I would definitely <laughs> hold you to that. Once the okay. COVID quarantine is done, I'm going to try and set that up, Jeff. Okay. Sounds good. All right, sir. Thank you so much. All the best. Have a great okay. day, guys. You too. Bye. Take care. Bye.